Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. I'm your host, John Hartafillis, and today I'll be joined by Chris D'Ambrosio, the host of Gen Z 76ers, to break down the legendary career of Will to the Stilt Chamberlain. This episode also serves as episode two for Gen Z 76ers. Make sure to check them out for all things Philly basketball. So Chris, super excited to be joining you for episode two of Gen Z 76ers. This is obviously going to be a lot of fun. Um, and we're obviously talking about a great player in Will Chamberlain and um, his career with the 76ers, which obviously he, he didn't play an absurd amount of games for the 76ers specifically, but he was in Philly for a few, a lot of years for his early career. Obviously one of the greatest players of all time. So definitely awesome to jump in and talk about um, what he did for the game and what he did for Philly and just obviously the mind-boggling stats that come along with that. So, I mean, just, I, I want to kind of provide some context for our conversation before we get right into it. And, and you're going to rattle off some stats. I know you, you did your homework. You have some, some really good stats to, to, to share with us. Um, it's going to kind of blow everyone's mind that, that these numbers even exist on paper. But I kind of want to first remind everyone that we'll play in the 60s. And there's a lot of context for that era that we're going to need in order to kind of see it for what it actually is. So the NBA only had nine teams at the time and stars kind of played with each other more often than maybe they even do now, even though everyone kind of thinks that they play more together now. Um, and offensive goaltending was allowed, which was obviously huge for a guy like Wilt. Um, and the pace was continuously rising from year to year um, since the shot clock was introduced in the 60s. So the, shot, the, the game used to be incredibly slow. And all of a sudden now got teams had to play fast for the first time. So it was a complete turning point in the game. Um, and it was a complete revolution in terms of how teams are playing then. So they were shooting... Um, averaging 107.7 field goal attempts per game that season compared to the current era, which is closer to 85 to 90. Um, now this, this season's kind of a, a bit of a spike, but f- traditionally for the last few years that we've been watching basketball, it's been a way low, a way low number of field goal attempts per game and, and, and Wilt's um, entire era crushed that number. Um, so then furthermore, into some more context, the 1962 season is one we're going to talk about a lot because we'll set a lot of records in that season. But in that season, five players averaged over 30 points per game and four players averaged over 15 rebounds per game. Now in the current day, if two players are averaging over 30 points per game, it's a huge thing, let alone even, even sometimes one. And the same thing with 15 rebounds per game. That's also, if, you, if, you're, if you're having 15 rebounds per game, you're leading the league. You're not, you know, maybe fourth place. Oscar Robertson averaged a triple for the season back then. Uh, Elgin Baylor averaged 38 points per game while also serving in the Army. Bob Pettit was averaging 32 and 18. And none of these players finished in the top two of MVP voting. The MVP was Bill Russell with 18.9 points per game and 23 rebounds per game, uh, mostly due to his team and, and, and just the winning prowess of the Celtics. And Wilt, Wilt also dwarfed those numbers with 50.4 points per game and 25.6 rebounds per game, which are definitely numbers we're going to jump into later on. And doing so on 48.5 minutes per game and 39.5 field goal attempts per game, even if you adjust it to a 2016 pace, um, which is kind of a number, those kind of average number over the last 10 seasons where they were kind of maybe most used to since the pace has kind of fluctuated with the advance of the three ball. He's still averaging 39.6 and 20 rebounds per game. If you just to 48.5 minutes per game, from, from there to 38 minutes per game, um, which is still incredibly high in this current era, those numbers would be 31 and 16, still incredibly impressive, but does put it into the much needed context that it has to be in, especially with those rebounding numbers. The league leaders and field goal percentage were around 42% from the field, which is much lower than it is now. So there were way more rebounds available at the same time. So definitely, I think it's super important for us to have all these numbers kind of in, 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 in the proper context. So it's important to see how those numbers all kind of play in, in, into that context. Um, for example, right, it's kind of hard to ignore the fact that Jordan's career average of 0.4 points per possession kind of dwarfs Wilt's points per possession of t- uh, 0.25, right? So Wilt's obviously averaging more points than him, but that's obviously due to way more possessions, especially compared to the 90s where the game was much slower than it is today. Um, so kind of looking at it through that perspective, we can kind of put Wilt in the proper context. But still, um, Chris, take us away with all those mind-boggling stats you have. Yeah, thank you for that context, John. That was very helpful to kind of gain it greater appreciation for for the player that Wilt was and the era that he played in. So 
uh, Will Chamberlain was traded from the Golden State Warriors to the Philadelphia 76ers midseason in the 1964 to 1965 season. And Will played the majority of his career in Philadelphia. But the first few years of his career in Philadelphia was with the Philadelphia Warriors. And then after he was with the Golden State Warriors and then back to the Philadelphia 76ers. Will Chamberlain holds so many records and has accomplished so much in his career. He holds 72 NBA records, 68 by himself. And many of these records are considered unbreakable such as averaging 22.9 rebounds for a career. If someone averages or has a game where they have 23 rebounds, that's making headlines. And this man averaged it for a career. Or averaging 50.4 points per game in a season, scoring 100 points or 55 rebounds in a single game. He also scored 65 or more points 15 times, 50 or more points 118 times. During Chamberlain's time, defensive statistics like blocks and steals had not been recorded yet. However, according to Jack Ramsey, so while stats like blocks and steals were not recorded, according to Jack Ramsey, he said that Harvey Superstat Polak said he used to tell one of his statisticians to keep track of Wilt's blocks in the games. And one night they got up to 25 blocks. For anyone who doesn't know, Harvey Superstat Polak uh, was one of the league's greatest statisticians, and he was a particularly uh, great statistician for the Philadelphia 76ers. And with the 76ers, Will led in many different categories, including triple doubles with 62, field goal percentage 58.3, minutes laid per game at 46.3, points per game at 27.6, and rebounds per game at 24. And Will Chamberlain led 76ers in many different categories over his career, including triple doubles with 62. And this was in only 277 games with the Sixers. He also led the Sixers in field goal percentage at 58.3%, in minutes played per game per game at 46.3, and points per game 27 and rebounds per game at 24, which is unreal. Wilt Chamberlain is also a Rookie of the Year. He's an NBA All-Star Game MVP. He's a four-time MVP. He was an All-NBA first-team player seven times, an All-NBA second-team player three times, an NBA champion twice, once, once with the Sixers and once with the Lakers, and a Finals MVP as well. And he's also was a great defender as well. He was a two-time All-Defensive first-team player as well. For his career, Wilt averaged 30 points per game, including 22.5 points per game in the playoffs, 4.4 assists per game, 22.9 rebounds per game, which is unreal, 54% as a field goal percentage and 51% as a free throw percentage. Hey, Chris, then especially moving on to some of the scoring records Wilt has. I mean, I'm gonna. this might be a big segment, so I want others just to brace themselves. If you don't like scoring, maybe skip ahead like 10 minutes because that's how long this is going to take me to get through. Will has the most points per game in a season with 50.4 in the 1961-62 season, where he also had the mo- scored the most points in a game with his famous 100-point game against the Knicks on March 2nd, 1962. Um, also in that game, had the most points scored in a half of 59. Now that's Pretty impressive, but Kobe also 55 points in the second half of his 81-point uh, game against the Raptors. So people have gotten close to that one before, relatively close to that one before. The most 50-point games in the season, we had 45 50-point games in that season, which is significantly more than a lot of players have in their whole career. So that's pretty mind-boggling to think about how many 50-point games he had in a single season. He also holds the next most in a single season with 30 in 1962-63. And no player in NBA history has had more than 10 in a season Jordan had 39 in total. Kobe Bryant had 26, all including the playoffs. And they're the only two players that have had more than 20 in their entire careers. Um, Wilt also has the most 40-point games in the season, 63 in that same season. He also has the second most 52 the season uh, following. Jordan was third with 37, which is incredible. But still, it's, it's incredible to see also the distance Wilt has between him and everybody else. 
Context is important here, but Wilkes also has the most consecutive seasons leading the league in points per game with seven. Jordan would have had that if he didn't leave for baseball, which is definitely where that 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 that, that kicks into where kind of Jordan, if you look at those those stat lines, Jordan was leading the league with through with points throughout the entire 1990s and even in the late 1980s. Uh, but definitely the baseball tripped him up there. So Wilkes also tied with Michael Jordan. For the most consecutive season leading league in points per game with seven, they both did that. Jordan's lead uh, was Jordan would have surpassed Wilt because he left for baseball, and that's kind of what cut his record short. But Wilt Wilt did lead the league for seven straight seasons. He has the most career regular season sixty point games with thirty two. Kobe's second with six, which that's 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 a pretty big difference, which is which is insane to see. Uh, the most fifty point games with one hundred eighteen, Jordan had thirty one, and the most career forty point games, Jordan had one seventy three, two Kareem's two seventy one. Um, it's actually kind of incredible that Jordan kind of scored 40 that much where he's actually pretty close to Wilt in that scenario, uh, case when it comes to 40-point games. Wilt, re- Wilt re- really either did go big or go home with that. And also the most 35-point uh, games with 381 to Jordan's 333. Again, Jordan still gets kind of close with there with those small games. Wilt just uh, Wilt really knew how to turn it on when the lights came on. Wilt also played the fewest games. He wasn't the youngest because he did go to college for four, for four years the way it kind of was customary back then. But it did take him the fewest games to reach 15,000, 20,000, 25,000, and 30,000 points respectively. Jordan also has the most regular season 40-point games with 271 to Michael Jordan's 173. It's kind of interesting to point out how as we kind of get low in these point totals um, and those video game numbers start to kind of go away because 40 points is something we kind of even see in today's day pretty regularly. Um, you start to see how guys kind of get closer as opposed to when it comes to 60-point games and he has five times more than everybody else. Uh, thanks, John, for those stats. It's, it's mind-boggling. It truly is. Um, but in terms of his stats, scoring is not the only area where he shines. He's also an incredible rebounder. He has a total of 23,924 career rebounds, and scoring is not the only area where Will shined. Uh, He also shines in rebounds as well. He has the most career total rebounds ever at 23,924. He also has the highest career rebounds per game ever at 22.9. He had the most seasons leading the league in rebounds at 11. Most seasons with 1,000 or more rebounds at 13. Most rebounds per game in the season at 27.2. The most total rebounds in a season at 2,149 in the 1960-61 season. Will Chamberlain also had the most rebounds in a game at 55 in a game uh, when he was with the Philadelphia Warriors versus the Boston Celtics in November of 1960. He would be a great fantasy player, obviously, with all these incredible stats. Another incredible rebound stat is that uh, he had the most rebounds in a single postseason at 444 during the 69 playoffs, the most rebounds in a playoff game, 41 against the Celtics in 1967, and the highest rebounding average in a playoff season, or sorry, in a playoff series at 32 in a five-game series against the Boston Celtics in 1967. So these are just unreal numbers. Some things almost think they're made up just because they're so insane, but it's just it's just ridiculous what Wilt was able to accomplish, especially in every statistical category. Then looking at some of the notable records that Wilt holds, he has the most double doubles of all time with 968. So Wilt played 1,045 games. That means he recorded a double double in 92.6% of all the games he played in his entire career. So if you were betting on Wilt to have a double double in a game, you were right 92.6% of the time. That very few odds makers would, would bet against you on that. On that same note, he also has the most consecutive double doubles in league history with 227. With 227. He's also the only player in NBA history to lead the league in points and rebounds in the same season. He did this six times. No one else has done it once. He's also the only player in NBA history to lead the league in rebounds and assists in the same season and postseason, which he did in the 67-68 season. Also, I'm going to say also a lot, one of only two players in NBA history to record a double-triple-double. 
Now, let's take a second to think about what a double-triple-double is. It's having 20-plus in three different categories. Westbrook had this in his famous game in tribute to Nipsey Hussle, but uh, Wilt did this uh, uh, several times in terms of having a double-triple-double with 20-plus with twenty plus points, 20-plus rebounds, 20-plus assists. Wilt also had a double-quadruple-double with 40-plus in two different categories, which he did eight times by having, what, let's say 40 points and 40 rebounds, which is incredible because having that in even one situation is, 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 incre- is insane. He also led the league in assists in 1967-68 with 702 assists. Um, he did not lead the league in assists per game. Wilt also, and we, we keep on talking about his scoring prowess, also led the league in assists in, in 1967-68, which is for a center, obviously something that's never been done before, but Jokic is making a scary run at that, at, that, at that crown now. And this is one of my favorite ones. He has the most 30-30 games of all time with 124. All of their NBA plays put together combined for 32 such games. So Wilt equates to over 75% of, game, of, of games like that, if not to over 75% of games like that. He's the only player in NBA history to average 20 and 20 in a seven-game series. So he even was able to do it sometimes when it counted. Not all the time. We'll talk about that later. So obviously, there's a lot of – he obviously holds a lot of records. And you mentioned at the beginning, Chris, however many it was. Like you said, Chris – so Wilt obviously holds a lot of records. Like you said at the beginning, Chris, 72 total all-time, which is insane to think about. And um, I know you have some advanced stats for us, too, on top of these records. So take it away, Chris. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you, John, for that. It's it's just unreal what he's he's done in his career. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about some advanced statistics. So first, he is second all-time in win shares with 247.26. He's only behind Kareem in that. And he is third all-time in offensive win shares only behind Kareem and LeBron. And fifth in defensive win shares behind Bill Russell. And fifth in defensive win shares behind only Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, Kareem, and Hakeem. And fifth in defense, which is behind only Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Hakeem Olajuwon. He also dominates PER ratings and has the two best PER seasons ever in 61 and 62. So one of the one of the biggest comparisons in, in NBA history is Bill Russell versus Wilt Chamberlain. Kind of how we, we compare a little bit, how we compare LeBron and KD, or a lot of people used to compare Kobe and Tracy McGrady a lot. Some of these uh, all-time comparisons that we used to see. And in terms of Bill Russell to Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell dominates a lot of these comparisons, which sometimes makes people question Will's, Will's legacy, but we'll discuss that more even later. But Russell has 11 championships to Wilt's two championships, although Wilt did destroy him statistically. Will has a career average of 30 points per game and 23 rebounds per game compared to Bills only 15 points per game and only, quote unquote, 22.5 rebounds per game. So rebounds similar, but Wilt blew him away with points. Head to head, Russell won 84 games and Wilt won 58 games. So pretty significant difference there as well. And Russell also dominated in terms of game seven records. He was 10 and 0 and Wilt was four and five. And in terms of the record in conference and NBA finals, Russell also dominated there as well. He was 19 53 and Wilt was only 48 and 44. So Chris, I have some big what if questions for you now to wrap up the show out. Obviously we just dove into all of Wilt's kind of statistical categories through his whole career. Obviously we just jumped right into all of the kind of mind-boggling stats that, that enveloped Wilt's career, but there's obviously so much more to the context behind it. And I'm curious, right? We, we only touched on Bill Russell for a little bit and the, the, two, the two kind of almost can't be separated with the impact that they had in each other's career. What happens if the two of them switch teams? Yeah, John, that, that's a great question. I, I wondered that myself a couple of times as well. I think if they switch teams, I think if Russell was with the Sixers, I think the Sixers would definitely have more wins. If Will was with the Celtics, I don't think they would have less wins, but actually I think they would have a few less wins. I just don't think that it would be as significant as how many more wins the Sixers would have. Russell was 
known by a lot of his players in his time and coaches in his time as as an extremely uh, winning player, a player who would love to win and do whatever it uh, took to help the team uh, win championships. Whereas Will was a little bit more known for trying to accumulate insane statistical records in which he did a great job of at the expense of his own team winning at times. So Chris, I mean, and wrapping it, bringing us all kind of together, and it's a question that everyone kind of asks themselves, you see it almost everywhere. What if he played today? Well, where does he rank amongst the kind of the modern big man like Jokic and Embiid, who obviously the, the positions evolved so much and and, and maybe there, there have been guys like him that have found success in the past 10, 20, 30 years, but today that's kind of a little bit unclear. That's a great question, John. One thing we do know is Jokic and Embiid are more skilled players. They they have an extreme, they have an extremely versatile arsenal of weapons in their bag. They can, they can pass, they can shoot from three, they've developed to the modern game but Wilt was a freak athlete and that's something that we also can't ignore we've seen how Giannis has relied heavily on his athleticism and is thriving in today's NBA so Will, in terms of dominance, Will kind of reminds me of Giannis and what he could do with his athleticism to kind of just physically dominate his competition. And I, I don't, I, it, it's a difficult question to say, especially since Will was in, played in the 60s. It's a little bit easier to compare players who were in the 80s and 90s and see how, think about how they would compare to today's guys. But what we do know is that Jokic and Embiid, great skilled players now, but Will was just a freak of his time. And I think with his raw athleticism, he'd be able to at least be a, a good big man in today's NBA.